We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Chiefs Red Half Hour, every day at 11.30 on Cody and Gold. Red Half Hour brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way at the all-new Greenway Ford. Typically during this time, during the Chiefs Red Half Hour, we wouldn't have the Royals general manager, J.J. Pocolo on, but, you know, you're here. We know you're an Eagles fan. You were already in Arizona, conveniently enough. The spring training is getting ready to kick off. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. I like to tell people I'm here for work, and there just happens to be a football game this Sunday. <laughs> so, but, but, yeah, we got in town Sunday. A lot of our after Royals rally Saturday, a lot of our players headed this way, our staff headed this way, and, you know, just the timing was perfect. Very laid back, really optional workouts right now, but there's a good number of guys over at the, over at the complex. I got to feel like you're feeling pretty lucky right now based on the fact you grew up an Eagles fan. You're never going to do anything around the Super Bowl because you're in Arizona. I mean, you've been in baseball 20 years. Yeah. So every single year you head down to Florida or Arizona yeah. and go somewhere else that's not where the Super Bowl is necessarily, and now you find your team in it. Yeah, it, it, the, the likelihood of this lining up the way it did is not very high, you know, so – um, you know, as the year went on, you started to realize, you know, the Chiefs went through a little bit of a lull early, and then they picked it up, and then they're, you know, AFC so tough. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. AFC and NFC mm-hmm. are really completely different leagues right now. Um, but the, the Chiefs got hot at the right time. They had to beat some good teams. And the Eagles had the injury late in the year with Jalen Hurts and even a few others. Uh, so it looked like they were losing some steam. But luckily, they got Hurts back for the regular season, had a bye week, make sure he's healthy, and then they played well the last two weeks. So it's – the likelihood's not great, but it's happened, so just trying to enjoy it. Do you stay pretty locked in? I mean, are you every Sunday? Yeah, you know, September and October, it's a little bit tougher, you know, just sure. because we're still playing. Sure. Um, but, I, but I watch. I'll tape the games. Uh, it's really in November when I really start paying a lot of attention. I, you know, it's, it's the only team in Philadelphia that I still file, follow you know, religiously. Like, mm-hmm. I'm an Eagles fan. You're not still watching the Phillies. <laughs> yeah, no, well, that, that one ended when I went to work for the Braves. You know, so that, that one ended pretty quickly when the paychecks at Atlanta. So, same division, that one ended. But, um, no, but, it, you know, it's neat. But, but at the same time, you know, I've watched Andy Reid coach for 23 years now. You know, 14 years of Philadelphia, nine years here. Uh, you know, it's unbelievable what he's done. So, I've become a Chiefs fan. But even when we first moved here in 06 – we watched the Chiefs. My kids, I mean, I have pictures. I was joking with them this week, sending them pictures at Arrowhead where they had all their Chiefs gear on. Um, so we've become, we've become Chiefs fans. And being in the AFC and the NFC, it makes it a little bit easier. But I've watched Andy Reid for so many years, and it's hard not to like the guy and respect what he's done. Uh, so this is kind of a weird feeling, um, but it but it's it's going to be a neat one. It'll be a memorable one. It should be a great game. I mean, it's like the two probably you're the closest with. You said your kids, like, so they grew up all in Kansas City. Are they way more Chiefs fans than Eagles fans, or did you impart a little Eagles yeah, on Yeah, they, they got – they got pushed a little bit, so they're, they're, <laughs> they're Eagles fans. Early on, they were born on the East Coast, so sure. but they, they don't remember the games. But they're sports fans. They're avid sports fans. So to have two teams to root for every Sunday is fun. Uh, but as they've gotten older, and especially when the Eagles went through the run five years ago, that they've really, you know, they're, they're great. We're actually season ticket holders as well, so they go to the games every Sunday. They're in school in Philadelphia. 
So they've, they've bought in. You know, so and that city's kind of hopping right now with the Phillies having a good year and the Eagles having a good year. Uh, it's a good time to, to be in that town. The Royals are well represented. We have Vinny as our resident Jets fan, our NFL insider, Michael Massey, Bears fan. So if you're looking for, if you want to do, you know, maybe NFL talk. be, be an <laughs> Eagles insider next season, yeah, we've got an opening. Well, I don't know. I, I actually hesitated to even come on and talk about the Eagles because I, you know, I love Kansas <laughs> Someone City. Someone in Kansas City is going to be like, hey, yeah. you like a team when yeah. you were a kid? Well, How dare you? <laughs> you, know what, you know what's really funny about baseball is the NFL is really like ties a lot of players together in our clubhouse, especially when it gets to fantasy draft time. That's all the oh, banners yeah. about. We've heard about, about We've heard about some of those the stories. NFL and, and Vinny's taking it to another level. But I could pretty much tell you every guy on our team's favorite NFL team. They're all NFL fans. Uh, so it is good back yeah. and forth, and it's fun. So I had, uh, I had asked Vinny if he was going to the game, and he had said, ah, I'm not sure yet. You know, we're working on those things. And I had, I had suggested that uh, just Zach Grinke buy for all of it. I was like, he's made a lot of money. <laughs> I'm not so sure that he shouldn't just yeah. pop for the whole team. Yeah, well – he probably could. I don't know if he'll do it, but he probably could. <laughs> when you look back at uh, – are you going to go, by the way? Are you going to the yeah, game? Yeah, we, we ended up getting two tickets, so my wife Nicole and I are going to go on Sunday. Okay, so this is – is this your first ever trip to a Super Bowl? It is. It is. You know, in, in 04, uh, we were living in Atlanta, and they were – Eagles played uh, the Patriots in Jacksonville. I went down on Friday night, had some relatives that were down there, stayed with them, but I had a, a budget I was not going to go over to buy a ticket. Uh, with young kids, it just didn't yeah. Make you're a like, whole okay, I got a max. So at noon on Sunday, that was my cutoff. If I didn't get a ticket on by noon on Sunday, I was driving back up the highway to get back to Atlanta and watch the game at home. Uh, it was a great game. Ended up losing by three points. And then when we were in Minneapolis, you know, all of our kids were in high school, getting ready to go to college. Um, it, it would have been a fifty thousand dollar trip, you know. And I said, you know what, we're just going to make the most of it. Sit here as a family and watch it at home. And it was a it was a great Sunday. Like when you, yeah, because that's it. It's like for two of you, it's easier now, right? The kids are in Much college. Easier. You got two yeah. tickets. You're nobody, like, nobody's okay. trying to like, hey, get me a ticket. They're all in school and they have no choice but to be in school. Okay, so, so no, nobody tried. Nine. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't even get no. like one text from the kid. And be nah. Like, hey, well. because that's it. Like we're we, we are so low on the connection ladder. Even I have someone be like, do you have access? Super like, like, who do you think I am? There's just no. I don't. It's a tough ticket. I don't have. It, it's tough. It's really tough. Even to if you're tickets. connected, like if you are high up, it's hard to still be like. Do you have Super Bowl tickets? Yeah. That's why they're five or six thousand dollars. They're 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 not easy to get, and I was pulling out all the strings. And this time, because I was here, the logistics of it was much easier. In the past, it was okay. Can we get tickets? But where are we going to stay? Are we going to fly? Are we going to drive? This one was just too easy, so I pulled out all the strings and ended up landing two tickets. All right, so let's get a quick actual opinion on the game, and I want to ask you a couple of things about the Royals as well. As you guys are getting yeah. ready to start, I mean, yeah. you are starting spring training yeah. now, and then I think uh, all the World Baseball Classic guys are yeah. in starting Monday, starting right? Monday, pitchers and catchers Monday for okay. World ba- uh, WBC. Yeah, so you got all those guys. But what do you actually, you know, from a from a game perspective, you've watched the Eagles. What should scare Chiefs fans the most for a, for a guy who's watched the Eagles as much yeah, as you have this year? Well, first, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, you know, the, the thing that the Eagles have done well, they've been able to adjust and, and score in different ways. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. So I think offensively, that's, that's their strength. They've got a great offensive line. And then defensively, um, they, they've done a great job all year. You know, they, they almost set a, a sack record in the NFL. So they're, they're pretty balanced. But the thing that scares you is, is Patrick. I mean, yeah. you, got, you got Mahomes. Yeah. So he can beat anybody. And, and that's where I think this is going to be so interesting. And, and, again, these teams are hot. They're playing well. I, I think there's something to be said for playing close games going into the Super Bowl uh, rather than, you know, Eagles had two Eagles kind of had a walk had, yeah. because the way the Brock Purdy injury yeah, went down. Yeah, they got, they got fortunate. And, and even listening to some of the, the interviews this week with the players, they, they acknowledged that. They said, you know, it was almost like you – 
you know, you felt bad because you want it to be a good game. You know, so some of that momentum, I think the momentum favors the Chiefs going into the game because they've had tougher games to, to win. Um, but but when you have Patrick and Kelsey and all these weapons, Pacheco's unbelievable. I, yeah. I mean, what a pick. That, that he's is. had a run. Um, I mean, he's exciting to watch. They're, they're just so talented. You know, they can beat you, and, and they, they can score points fast. So, you know, I don't know. If, you know, I'm kind of, you know, almost because the Eagles, I think they're still a favorite. It was like a point and a half. Yeah, about a point. Um, I don't like that. You know, I'd rather be the underdog. <laughs> well, that's the whole <laughs> The Chiefs so very thing. rarely yeah, get to claim Philly. underdog. You got, Je- yeah. you got Jason Kelsey wearing the underdog masks yeah. walking off the field. Yeah, that's that's where you get – all right, let's not get too confident here. But, but – Regardless, I think it's going to be an entertaining game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, but that's my amateur take on NFL football. But that's watching these two teams. I've seen them play enough. Honestly, better than Vinny normally gives us. So look, it's fine. I'm right? gonna let him know you said that. <laughs> okay. First, him. I also I tried to make Please him. Tell. I tried to make him a friend last night at media night. So we have special audio for Vinny coming up on Thursday. I don't know if you've heard the bit. We're actually bringing him on as interns on Thursday. He and Mike. Yeah, we're gonna send him around and make good. him work a little we're bit. Do, make him do that's grunt good. work. Yeah, they'll do a great job. They'll, Vinny they'll won't. Love yeah, it. Vinny's six four. I'm sure he looks like the prototypical yeah. college intern. This is Massey kind of does though. That's what's kind of funny. You actually brought something up. Maybe a. Nice parallel between baseball and football. You talk about the Chiefs winning close games. Cody and I kind of have debated this a lot with close games, and there's the margins are so thin that you could maybe chalk it up to randomness at times. But when you're watching, whether it is you want to do football or baseball, is there something intrinsic or something that is unquantifiable about how there are certain teams that are just better or certain players that are bigger in those moments than others? Um, you know, the, one of the things that, that I've always said, when your best players are your best competitors, you got a chance to win. Uh, but usually what comes along with that is they're smart players. They understand, you know, the, the game. It's Hosmer running home, right? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, you know, and you watch some of these games, and I'll, you know, a, a non-Chiefs-Eagles game. You know, there was a playoff game. Somebody had a chance to ice a game, and, and he, doesn't, he doesn't stay in bounds. He gets a first down. Uh, and he doesn't stay in bounds. He goes out of bounds, and now the other team gets a chance to get a possession. The good teams don't do that. And the, the teams with great leaders like Patrick and, you know, it seems like Jalen Hurts is becoming that, that yeah. type of guy as well, they don't allow their team to make mistakes. And, and that's what championship te- teams do. And when we had Haas and others, Sal, um, they didn't allow us to, to take a day off, take an inning off. It was constant push. And that's what the great ones do. And it is very difficult to measure. And I really – don't think you know when you go into a draft, you draft somebody, you think you know that, but until you see it in action, yeah. you really don't. And, Patrick, it was very evident. And, obviously, the Chiefs knew. You know, they, they had Alex Smith. I think he came off a Pro Bowl year. Yeah. And they said, you know what, Patrick is the guy. He's got that thing, and they've taken off ever since. In fairness, Clark Hunt, who was sitting here before you, he's a couple of guests before you, he was sitting here and he said, Brett Veach used to just text him clips of Mahomes from practice. When Alex was still the starter, like, dude, I don't know. He's just doing weird stuff. Nobody <laughs> yeah. does these things. Like, it is I feel like that must, be, that must be fun as a general manager where you're like, okay, yep, that's special. Absolutely. I don't see that very often. It's different. And you know it. Once you see it, you know it's different. It really stands out. Yeah, I mean, even when he's hurt the other couple weeks when he first hurt his ankle, I mean, he threw a touchdown pass off of both feet. Yeah. I mean, how many quarterbacks throw a touchdown pass off of one foot, yet alone both feet? No. He's just a special, one special of one. guy. Who was the Royals player you remember with that the most, where you're like, okay, like it just stands out as being like, that's so much different than everyone else. That stands out. You know, Haas is the easy choice, but, you know, in a, in a neat kind of way, 
one of the guys that was like that for us was Gerard Dyson. Okay. So amongst all these all-star games and gold gloves these guys won, Gerard Dyson had the it factor, you know, and, and he motivated the team. What was it? It's confidence. It's a fearlessness. And Dice, you know, get on, he knew his role. He was going to come in late yeah. in the game, steal a bag, and he stole it every single time. Uh, he was also the guy, if, if we weren't playing well, he was the guy that would call others out. You know, he was a mm-hmm. winner, you know, and, and we didn't know that. When Dra- Dice was a 50th, 50th round yeah. draft pick. <laughs> you know, those guys, they, they, we, we go 20 rounds now. I mean, he's long forgotten. But 50th round pick, once he started to hit stride in the minor leagues, he became a little bit of a leader. When he started playing every day in double A, it's like, you know what, there's something with this guy. So and, and all these great teams have guys like that. If you want to call them role play, players or whatever it may be, they all have guys like There's somebody in the Chiefs clubhouse or locker room, I should say, in football uh, that has that it factor as well that maybe isn't the superstar like Patrick or Travis or any of those guys. There's almost no way you could have talked about the 50th round pick. He had a, he's had a 12-year Major League Baseball career. Pretty special. Pretty special. You're, you're, you rarely see that. I mean, I, I want to say it's something like 4% of the players that ever – play in the major leagues get to 10 years you know and then to think that a 50th rounder did that uh, it's it's pretty special yeah. what, what he's able to accomplish and to walk away with a world series championship how many years is this do you know uh for you just being in the front office in general what year is this that you're going into uh first year in the office was 04 so it's 19 years in front office i think it's my 24th year overall 1999 uh hired in the fall of 1999 i was a college coach and then got hired as a scout Moved into the office halfway through 2004. What's your What's your biggest scouting win? Oh, yeah. Who is Who is your Patrick Mahomes? Right? Who is your uh, like I wish the I guy say, you were You were sure of? Yeah, you know, I wish I could say I had one. Um, <laughs> I had a I had a handful make the major leagues, but the the ones that you're most proud of are the ones that were drafted after the tenth round. And I'm not saying that just because we we're talking about dice, but those high picks. That there's multiple people making those decisions. But when you get past the 10th round, it's on the area scout, huh. you know, to really identify. So there was a guy named Anthony LaRue. And to bang, bang the table, right, and be yeah. like, this is my guy? Yeah. No, that's, that's what it was. Anthony LaRue was a high school kid uh, out of Pennsylvania. You know, I happened to bump into him. He came to a trial camp that I ran. Uh, he pitched in the big leagues for the Braves. Then we actually had him briefly in Kansas City. Uh, Kevin Barry is another one who was a late pick that, that got to the big leagues. So not ho- household names, but you know as a scout you did your job and you helped the club get a little bit deeper and a little bit better. So they're the ones I remember more than the high picks. When you get to this point, when you guys are getting down for spring training, just kind of really getting things ramped up, do you generally have an idea or do you think you have an idea of what this given team's identity is going to be that year? Or is that something you maybe kind of just sit back and let happen I, naturally? I think it'll, it will evolve. I, I think from a, an off- offensive standpoint, we're going to be able to score in multiple ways, but we'll be able to score using the base, base paths like we did in the past. Uh, we have some guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Now, we're never going to count on that. I don't think it's a, a wise way to go. You want to put together good at-bats, get on base, put pressure on the defense, and if you happen to hit a three-run homer, you're probably going to win that game. Um, so, you know, the identity will evolve as we go. Um, you know, from a pitching standpoint, I think where, where I'd like to see our, our, our identity go is be more aggressive in the strike zone. Our guys have really good stuff, and they've just got to make that next step where they're aggressive in the strike zone. Uh, putting hitters away but not being focused on strikeouts. That's where a guy like Zach Greinke can really help our pitchers, just the way he's able to evolve over the years. And the way he pitches now is very different than the way he pitched before, but he's still very effective. Um, but I, I think that identity to your question will evolve over the course of the season. But, you know, my messaging, um, you know, when we open up here to the team is, is going to be pretty simple. We want to play hard and we want to play smart. 
you know, they all do their work. They all get into cages. I mean, they're in the cages at 7.30 in the morning for the next six weeks, hitting for an hour and a half. They do all their de- – they're going to work hard. But if we can take that hard work to a team concept and play hard and play smart, then our identity will come out and, and we'll win more ball games. I think – so you guys recently officially announced the signing of Zach Grinke. I think everybody knows him because, like, you're like, oh, he's quirky or we know the kind of career he had. How hard of a worker is he? Unbelievably hard. It, it was – our, our dialogue with, with Zach from really when the season ended, we were in touch with each other quite often. But he went to work right away out here in Arizona. He lives in Arizona in the offseason. Uh, there's a facility out here where he had specific things he wanted to address. So he never stopped throwing. I mean, he knows how to pace himself, but he never stopped throwing because he's motivated to, to get play better. forever, seemingly. Yeah. He it's said, incredible. as long as I feel like I can pitch well, I'm going to pitch. Yeah, and you know what? I wouldn't put anything past him. Uh, he's incredibly smart. He's driven. Uh, you know, the, the best thing, uh, he was asked the other day about the Hall of Fame stuff. You know, he said some days I think about it, some days I don't, but ultimately I just want to get better. And if he can keep getting better, and better now means a little bit different. It has a different meaning to Zach than it did 15 years ago. Now he's just trying to figure out how to continue to be effective. But he's got some pretty special milestones that he can hit on, you know, this season and maybe even into the 24 season. Uh, but he's a he's a special guy. They They don't come around too often like him it's so weird because like i don't feel like i remember anyone's career being there. So, like justin verlander still throwing 99 yeah okay he's 38 yeah. 39 years old he's still throwing 99 miles an hour now he admitted that like the first part of his career he just like coasted on talent yeah. and then eventually was like you know i should probably study these hitters and there's other yeah. ways i can get them out zach also used to throw 100 but now he's he, he gets in games and he throws a 54 mile or 49 yeah. mile per yeah. hour pitch <laughs> it's smart. a very bizarre way to go about playing yeah. baseball i don't feel like i remember anybody playing it no there, there have been some guys over the years um you know typically it's lefties you know like jamie moyer yeah moyer he's like 45 played. years old or whatever it was typically it's left-handers because they have that advantage but you and they're weird guys anyway everybody yeah. knows that. <laughs> i won't say that i'll let you say that um but um but Zach's just continued to evolve. But what's really neat about our game now that, like, the, the with the way guys train, I mean, you, you're watching all-stars and potential Hall of Famers on Twitter throughout the offseason continuing to work at their craft, whether it's hitting or pitching and, you know, the, the facilities are working out or posting their work. It's it's unbelievable how driven they are because you, you, you go through stages. Do I belong in the big leagues? That's the sta- stage one. Now I, I want to be an everyday player, stage two. Now I want to be an all-star, and if you're an all-star enough, now you're thinking about Hall of Fame. So the great ones just keep going and going and going, and there's just no stopping their worth, work ethic. What Talk- do you think about, uh, sorry, from the left-handed perspective, just what advantage do you guys have as a lefty-heavy lineup in a league that no longer allows a shift? Yeah, I, I think it will favor us. I think some of the, the uh, new rule, rule changes will favor us anyway. Um, you know, we have some guys that can steal bases. So you got bigger bases. You got pickoff rules that we'd like to take advantage of. Uh, with all the left-handed hitters that could potentially be in our lineup, there's going to be more holes on the left side of the infield. The the left-handed hitter um, data will show you that it was more affected by the shifts than the right-handed hitter. Um, so it, you know, Vinny and Massey and the guys you were talking about, and Nicky Lopez, they may squeak in a few more hits this year um, with with that shift going away. So it should it should help us. It's certainly not going to hurt us. With that youth movement that you guys have going on, a guy like Zach, specifically aside from what he brings to the table as a pitcher, you talk about that work ethic, what he's been through in the league. He's seen it all. He's reached the top. How important was it when you guys are going through the process of negotiating and bringing him back 
How much did you weigh that in versus just the baseball side of things, knowing yeah. the impact that he can have on other guys in the clubhouse? Yeah, it, it was it was secondary because we wouldn't spend the money we spent on a player if we didn't think he could be an effective pitcher. Mm-hmm. So his talent still was the primary reason we signed him. But secondarily, you watched how our pitchers just sort of were in awe of him. Really? You know? and, and when you talk to a guy like Salvi who's caught so many good pitchers and, hey, Salvi, should, should we bring Zach back? Absolutely. He's the most prepared guy I've ever been around. Uh, and there's a lot to be said for that because we, we do have still a, a youthful pitching staff. What we tried to do with Zach and Jordan Lyles and Yarborough, uh, we acquired Josh Taylor in, in a trade. Uh, what we tried to do was get deeper uh, and take some pressure off, unnecessary pressure that young players, it's tough to shoulder that burden. Last year, that was what we were going through. So even though we're deeper, there's still going to be plenty of opportunities for our younger pitchers to evolve into the type of guy that can help us win the Central. Uh, but Zach is a, a big part of that, um, you know, building blocks that we're putting in place. It kind of forces them into competition against each other again, it though, is. right? Like in the minors, because like Lyles and Green, you'd be like, okay, here's a couple of guys they're going to start. There's two spots and there's five of you. So who wants to pitch that's, the best? And competition always breeds excellence. I mean, that that's the name of the game. And, I, you know, you watch team. Like I remember when the Yankees were in last year. Every every night they had two guys who had played in an all-star game on their bench. You know, they were extremely (laughs) deep. The Dodgers are extremely deep. The Astros are extremely deep. Um, So, you know, looking at that and you start saying, okay, these teams, why are these teams successful? Yeah, they have bigger payrolls, but we can be deep too. So how can we do it effectively, efficiently, and still provide opportunity. And I think we're in a good spot with what we've done, what we've done our pitching. Uh, we do have some non-roster invites on the position player side that I think is going to create competition as well, guys that have significant major league experience. And it's an open competition. You know, we, we need to compete with one another, put the best players on the field so we can compete in the central. How eager are you on a personal level? You've obviously, you're familiar with all these guys, familiar with the organization, to get this season going, knowing it's you in a new role and everything that comes with that on a personal level. Just how eager are you to get this going? You know what? It hit me last week um, after we had officially agreed to terms, maybe it's two weeks ago now with, with Zach. When we officially agreed to terms, it started like hitting me, okay, we got a new coaching staff because all of our focus was on the coaching staff in the fall. We interviewed over 30 people uh, for all the various jobs that were open. Uh, but then, it, you know, when I was sitting in my office one day and I'm looking actually at Arrowhead Stadium and I'm thinking, okay, it, it, it's time to go. Like this, we're ready for the start of the season. So I'm anxious for it. Uh, the wheels are always spinning. You know, now we're thinking more structurally, uh, organizationally, what can we do during the course of the season as a front office, aside from just the personnel in the field, to plan for next off season, you know, whether it's additional jobs, expanding staffs, creating new departments, uh, all of those thoughts are starting to roll into my mind now, uh, but was preoccupied in the fall. But luckily, we do have a good front office. I uh, believe in everybody we have working with us that have a real clear direction on where we're going. Uh, but we want to continue to challenge each other in thoughts, ideas, being creative. And that's where I'm at personally right now. And I'll sit back and enjoy watching and evaluating our team. And the excitement of opening day is, is always tremendous. JJ, before we get you out of here, we got to get your game prediction brought to you by Ag Power. John Deere, Ag Power, your local uh, address. He's agonizing over this and one. And by yeah. Papa Murphy's. Papa yeah. Murphy's every Tuesday order a large signature or thin crust pizza for $12 at PapaMurphy's.com. Are you, are you going to abstain? 
I'll just say it'll be a three-point game. <laughs> one way or the other. I got to ride defense on that one. I, I, I don't blame you. That's I, fine. I, yeah, I don't want to say the Eagles because that, that'll jinx them. I don't want to say the Chiefs because that'll jinx the, jinx the Chiefs. So I'm just going to say a three-point win one way or You another. say it's close. So a good game. I, I think yeah, it's, it's going to be a great game. So we're in for a good really game. Do. That's great. JJ, yeah. really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for coming down to Radio Row. Thanks for coming with me. Thanks All for us. having me. Enjoyed it. JJ Piccolo, Royals Executive Vice President of Baseball Operations and, of course, the General Manager. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.